This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3331 for Monday, the 10th of May 2021. Today's show is entitled Audio for Podcasting. Episode 1, the microphone and is part of the series Podcasting, how it is hosted by Thetchsara and is about 23 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Thetchsara's tips and tricks on producing quality audio for HPR episodes. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Good Hacker Public Radio. This is Taj, and I wanted to do another little um, episode. This is probably going to turn out to be more than one episode dealing with simply just audio and how to sort of work your audio to make it sound better. Now, Hacker Public Radio has a policy that as long as it's, you know, intelligible, that the audio is good enough. For me, I know that that's not good enough. (laughs) So I want to help people get to a point where they have a little bit better audio than just it works. So today we're going to start at the very beginning of that process. We're going to talk about the signal chain and the very beginning of the signal chain, which is the microphone that you're using and how you use it and things you need to keep in mind as you're using that microphone. Now, where I have any room to talk about this is that I actually spent a a decent portion of my career working in pro audio. And that was either in a studio setting or it was in a live setting. And as much as people want to romanticize the audio world and think that we're always mixing bands and recording albums, the vast majority of the work that I did happened to be doing, you know, voiceovers or doing commercial audio where you were somebody was doing the script to a commercial and we were putting it to that or educational presentations. These were all things that we would do regularly. So a lot of what you were doing in the studio or live were simply just voices and that was it. And most of Hacker Public Radio tends to be that. So what I wanted to do is just kind of help people walk through that process to get a little bit better audio. Now, I will say I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible. I'm not going to use big words. And if I use a big word, I'm going to try to explain it. This should be simple enough that anybody should be able to understand what's going on and be able to get better audio. Now, I'm going to use tools that everybody should have access to. If you have a computer, you can use Audacity. So all I'm going to use for all the things in the series are going to be Audacity with the stock plugins. I'm not going to do anything special. And we'll talk about how to change the audio to fit what you want. So to begin with, we talked about the signal chain. And so what that means is where your sound starts to where it ends up and everything that it passes through in that process. So the first part in the signal chain past you and your voice would be your microphone. Um, Now, there are lots of different kinds of microphones and there's lots of different opinions about microphones. I'm going to kind of explain the different types of microphones and you can make a decision based on what I tell you. Um, I do have recommendations that I think are pretty solid, but if you want to go a different route or you have something different, by all means, please use that. One of the truths of any kind of audio is you can only do with what you have. So 
the way you record your audio and the quality of the audio that you record initially is really going to determine how good your outcome is. So one of the things, you know, that gets said a lot is you can only polish a turd so much and it's still a turd. So if your recording is really bad, you're not going to be able to polish it up too much. Now, one of the things I'd like to do in sort of this little micro series is take some recordings that may not be the best and massage them to get better, but you're never going to get a really good high quality recording and really good high quality audio without your initial recording being fairly high fidelity. And so what that's typically going to mean is a, a dedicated microphone and really a good quiet space to record. Now, that's not to say you can't have a good recording without those things, but really those things are going to give you the best chance at having good quality audio. So let's talk about microphones. Really, when we're talking about doing sort of this kind of audio, there are three kinds of microphones that you're going to encounter. There are dynamic microphones, there are condenser microphones, and there are ribbon microphones. Um, under no circumstances should anybody recording on Hacker Public Radio have a ribbon microphone. <laughs> if you do, um, you have a really nice microphone, and you shouldn't be using it for this. Um, so that really brings us down to two different kinds of microphones. You have a condenser microphone and a dynamic microphone. Now, these two different kinds of microphones do different things. And it's always a trade-off as to which microphone you use for what things. If you go into a professional studio, most of the time for vocal, you're going to see a lot of condenser mics. Now, condenser mics are very, very sensitive. And that has to do with the size of the diaphragm of the microphone, which is a little part inside that vibrates. And that's what translates the movement of air into an electrical signal, which then turns it into sound for us to edit in, in our uh, audacity that we're using. Now, the nice thing about a condenser mic is that very, 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 very small element that is moving is really good at picking up high frequencies. And it's very, very, very sensitive. So sensitive that you have to be kind of careful with these microphones a lot of the time. Most of them, actually almost all of them, require extra power. So you'll have to have a battery in it or you'll have to run USB to a computer or if you're using a mixer, you'll have to use what's called phantom power to power these. Now, the nice thing is they're exceedingly sensitive, which means you can get very, 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 very clean nuances of sound, especially in the voice, because the voice has a lot of nuance in it. Its benefit is also its downside, because having that ability to pick up the smallest, most minute detail means that you pick up the smallest and most minute detail, um, which is most of the time actually not what we want. Um, unless we have a very controlled environment, a condenser mic is going to pick up a lot of sounds that you may want to eliminate. So I would suggest condenser mics may not be the best. Uh, as a matter of fact, right now I'm recording on a dynamic mic. I typically use a dynamic mic mainly because I don't have the ability to really treat the room I'm in to have good acoustics to, and to isolate sound that I won't be picking up with the microphone. Now, for most people, you may not hear this if you're not listening closely, but somebody who really knows how audio works will hear these background noises or you'll hear the reverberation of the room. So condenser mics, if you have a nice setup where you can isolate yourself and make sure there are very few reflections off the walls and that you have good sound dampening material, a condenser mic is really good. What I would suggest is a dynamic mic. Now, a dynamic mic has a larger diaphragm or a lar larger element in it which means it picks up mid-level and low-range sounds a lot better. Um, so you're going to get a little more beefiness to your tone typically, and it is not as sensitive. So that means a lot of the things that you're going to hear in the room and the room sound tend to be eliminated. And 
that's really going to help you in the audio editing because you're not going to have to find sounds in the room and try to take them out. Typically, a dynamic mic is, is a very, very small envelope that you can stay in and get that sound. And if something is outside of that envelope, it tends to not get picked up very well. Now, you are going to lose some quality making this decision, but dynamic mics are just tend to be easier to control and easier to get a better sound out of. You need to know a little bit more to use a condenser. So if you were starting out and you wanted to buy some equipment, I would say go with a good dynamic microphone. Now, the next thing you need to look for, depending on what type of microphone, this would also, this is going to be the same for condenser mics or dynamic mics, is the mic pattern. So you're going to see on the packaging of the mic you buy, or you should. If you don't, you probably bought a cheap mic that doesn't disclose this information, but you should see a little diagram. And it's a circle, and it tends to have little shapes. And these are the the patterns of the mic. And really, what you're, there's two different kinds you want to look for. There's the omnidirectional mic, which just like it sounds, the sound coming in from all directions is equally important and it's going to pick those up equally well. So the front of the mic and the back of the mic and the side of the mic all should register sound about the same. These are pretty much terrible for what we want to do. Um, now, if you're recording an orchestra, an omnidirectional mic is brilliant. But for a voice, typically, if one person is talking, we want it to address one way. So what we're going to look for are cardioid patterns and cardioid patterns tend to look like little hearts and you can find supercardioid and hypercardioid and cardioid. And these are all different variations on this pattern. But what tends to happen with a cardioid mic is that the front of the microphone is the most sensitive. So you want to point the microphone directly at your face. There will be some caveats to this later as we as we go forward. But really, you want that microphone pointed directly at you. As you move off axis, you're going to get less frequency response, and it's it's going to record less. So, for example, I'm sitting here. I'm on my dynamic microphone. It's pointed pretty much directly towards my face. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep talking and move to the side. So I start here, and I'm going to move to the side, move to the side, move to the side, move to the side, move to the side. You can probably already tell that this isn't picking up nearly as well as it was before. So I'm going to move back to the front, and now I'm going to go to the other side. So move to the side, move to the side, move to the side, move to the side. Now that's a cardioid pattern. It's mostly centered directly towards me, and then on the sides, there's less coming into the microphone. So this automatically kind of gives it um, a shotgun effect. It's, it's more pointed towards you. So it's going to prioritize the sound coming directly at it and not things from the sides. Again, if you have a room that's not well treated or you're recording in a space that you can't really control the sound very well, this is going to help because it's going to automatically, just by design, eliminate a lot of the sound of the room and focus directly on you. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is how to use a microphone, which sounds silly. Basically, most people, rightfully so, Imagine that you point the microphone at your pie hole, you open your pie hole, and you get a sound. And that is kind of the way it works, but there are little tricks you can use to get better sound quality just on how you use the microphone. So from here, I'm basically, when I'm talking into this microphone, like I said, I'm using a dynamic microphone, but a lot of these ideas still apply to a condenser microphone. You want to be pay attention to where you are in regards to the microphone. So... Typically, with a microphone, you want to be really close to it. Now, what that's going to do is it's going to give you a proximity effect. And so I'll demonstrate that a little bit. Um, right now, I'm about maybe three inches from the microphone. I want to be usually about that close. 
if I get a little closer, you should notice that it, my sound gets deeper, right? So there's more bass pickup, and we call this presence. And then if I go back to where I normally am, it should lighten up a little bit. But as I move further away and further away and further away, my sound gets a little tinnier and a lot of the bass rolls out. And it's picking up a little more of the room probably at this point. And it just doesn't sound as good. So you really want to stay in about that three to four inch area for a dynamic microphone. Condenser microphones, you really got to be careful this close. You have to have really good technique. Um, you may want to back out just a little bit more, maybe four to five inches on one of those because you don't want to overpower the, uh, the actual element in the microphone. Now, like I said, I am talking pretty much directly into the microphone. I said there was a caveat to this. Um, there are two sounds that people make, and I just made one of them, that are pretty common when you're doing audio with a human voice. They are sibilants and plosives. Now, if you just say the words, you probably understand what they are. A sibilant makes a hissing sound, and a plosive makes a popping sound. Both of these are really not desirable when you're doing this. Now, there are some tricks you can use in post-processing to post-processing. That's a good plosive word um, to kind of get rid of these or at least tame them down. But there's actually some microphone tricks that you can use to get rid of these. Um, the biggest one is you should probably have some sort of pop filter. Now, a lot of times you'll see the 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 foam balls that you can put on a dynamic microphone. That's typically what I use. It's pretty good. Um, if you have a condenser microphone, you'll usually see a screen that is in front of it. Um, they basically serve the same purpose. When you get a plosive, it's because there's a big gust of air that is coming across the element of the microphone, and it interprets that as sound because movement equals electrical signals, which equals sound. Um, so you're trying to eliminate that, and having something there as a barrier to stop that airflow from going into the microphone is going to get rid of a lot of that for you. Now, sibilance really... Uh, trying to control yourself on that is, is very helpful. But really, for both of these, you can do one simple little trick with your microphone and your microphone placement to sort of try to eliminate these as best you can. So if I take the microphone, I am pretty much in line with it. Um, I am right in the center of the cardioid pattern. So when I have a sibilance or a plosive, this is the worst possible place to be. It is the best place for sound quality, but it is not the best place for those two things. So one of the things you can do is take your microphone and just angle it slightly. Yeah, somewhere between 20 to 30 degrees is where I found the sweet spot. Um, some people will say more. Some people will say less. But if you angle it off just a little bit, you're going to get rid of a lot of that because the air now is not going directly into the, the element of the microphone. It's going across it. And so you're going to get a little bit of reduction in that. Now there is a compromise. Like I said, audio is all about compromise. You're going to lose some fidelity. But this is a good compromise, especially if you have a good pop filter and you're training yourself to sort of lay off of the sibilance a little bit. You're, you're going to get a fairly decent sound without doing anything. You don't have to do any post-processing. It's really going to help clean that up for you. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is if you're using a microphone and you're sitting at a desk like I am right now, one of the things you need to be aware of is every movement you make is going to transfer into your microphone if your microphone is attached to your desk. Um, so if you have a mic stand and you have that mic stand on your desk, 
you're going to hear every movement. If you type on your keyboard, that's going to come through. If you accidentally bang your desk, it's going to come through. And these are all sounds that are not very good for what we're wanting. So a good way to try to eliminate that as much as possible is if you can get a mic stand or a mic arm that you can mount somewhere that isn't your desk or isn't where you're sitting something that is physically isolated. If you can't do that, um, you can get some spring-loaded arms that will try to dampen the movement as much as possible. You're probably still going to hear it, but it will at least dampen it enough to where it's not overpowering everything. Actually, I have one of those, and I just hit the desk. I'm interested to see how it sounds because I don't often do that <laughs> just on purpose, uh, but a lot of times it will l eliminate some of it. Um, some of the cheaper arms, when you do that, you'll get this noise which is actually the springs vibrating. Um, so mileage may vary. You may want to, if, if it's something you want to do, you may want to spend a little bit of extra money to get a good one. I have a cheap one here because it, I just happened to have it, so it, it worked out for me. Okay, so now down to sort of recommendations of what I think. If you're going to spend some money and you're going to start, uh, what you should buy and, you know, why I think that. Uh, I'm basically going to re recommend two dynamic microphones. If you want to go down the condenser route, there are plenty of good condenser mics and really a web search will tell you what's good and what's not. Um, you don't have to be an audio specialist to know that. Um, uh, several reviews and maybe I'll come back with some condenser mics, but I, I really strongly believe that most people should be using dynamic microphones uh, because they're not in a situation that's conducive to using the condenser. Okay, so let me switch over here so I can take a look at what I want to talk about. Um, basically, the first one, this is the worst kept secret in podcasting. Uh, if you know anybody who does any audio that does podcasting, this microphone is going to come up a lot. Um, it is the Samson Q2U. Um, this is a very inexpensive microphone. Um, now, you have to understand inexpensive is relative. <laughs> so while it's inexpensive compared to most microphones, uh, most good microphones. It is a little pricey. Right now, I'm looking at the podcasting pack that you can get. I'll put a link in the show notes for this. And basically, it comes with a pot filter. It comes with a little stand. Uh, it comes with cables and everything you need to get started. The nice thing about this is, for the money, this is a amazing microphone. Um, it's a workhorse that lots of podcasters use. If you've heard some live stuff from you random, you've heard these microphones. Uh, you know, they're, they're very, very good for what they are. They're not the best microphone in the world, but they are great for what you paid for them. So the podcasting pack right now is, I'm looking at it, it's $79.99 US. Um, I don't think I've ever paid that for that for them. You can find them cheaper than that typically. Now, the nice thing about this microphone is it has two different kinds of outputs on it. One is a USB output. So you can plug this directly into your computer and record without any kind of audio interface, without anything. It should just pick up as a sound card. I've used them in Windows, Mac, Linux. All three work flawlessly, no problems. They also have a headphone jack, so you can monitor what you're recording. Um, I would not use that religiously. It's good to get a, a an initial sound test, but really past that, you need to listen to the finalized audio. And it also has an XLR jack. And if you don't know what XLR is, it is a cable that, is pretty thick and it's a circular plug that has three pins in it. And this is sort of the standard in the audio industry. So you can take this 
mic that you bought for podcasting and use it on your computer and, and you're fine. You'll never have to do anything more than that. But if you want to get fancier and you want to use better equipment, and so for me, my microphone goes into a mixer and an audio interface so I can tweak my audio just a little bit more. You can go from this USB mode into sort of a pro mode and you don't have to buy anything extra other than whatever interface you're using. So it's it's a mic that can grow with you. This would be my number one recommendation if you're going to start out. Now, I'm going to make a second recommendation, and it's a similar mic. This one, you hear a lot of people talk about this company and about how their equipment's not good. I don't see it. I, I think this is a good mic. To me, this mic is actually a little better than the Samson, and it's actually the mic I'm on right now. So it kind of gives you an idea of what it is. It is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. And this is another microphone. It's a dynamic microphone. It comes with uh, a lot of the same stuff that the Samson uh, microphone comes with. To me, this has a little bit more frequency response. I can get a little bit more on the low and high end on this one. So it, it's just, just a hair better, uh, in my opinion. Now, it is a little more expensive. This one right now is $99. Um, that is typically what I see them for. Uh, the Samson you can find cheaper than that $79, but this one's typically around $99. U.S., of course. But for me, that, that little bit of extra cost comes out in the audio. That being said, I'm somebody who knows how to tweak that extra range out of it. Um, for most people, I would say the Samson's the way to go. Um, it's the cheapest barrier to entry to get in. Now, you can record on your phone. You can record on your Bluetooth headphones. Um, you can, there's lots of ways to, you can use the microphone in your laptop or, you know, any anything like that. But going all the way back to the beginning, your own, your audio is only ever going to be as good as that initial recording. So my sort of hope is that if this is something you want to get into and something you're willing to invest into, that you invest in getting the proper equipment so you can get a good sound. There have been many, 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 many times where something has come up on Hacker Public Radio that I'm really, really interested in, but the sound quality is so bad that I can't listen to it. And I hate that that's happening. And I hate that for the people who spent the time recording it. And I hate that for me because I lost out on information. So taking a little bit of time to work on our audio, I think will pay off in dividends and we will all get better because of it. So that's all I have for sort of this first overview of how to get sound into your computer. Really, you buy a microphone, you plug it in, and you can use Audacity to record. Now you can use other things, but Audacity is something that everybody can use. So that's probably what I'm going to stick with when I do this. What I kind of foresee in the long term when it comes to this little series about audio is I think it would be interesting to record different things on different devices in different areas and then walk you through what I would do to it to sort of clean it up and make it as good as it can be. Even as something as simple as, you know, taking my phone out to like someplace really loud and see what we could get out of that and walk you through the steps to do that. So look for that in the future. I think that's where we're going to go with this. But with that, I will catch everybody next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.